Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Cinema Soft Underbelly. I'm your host, Eugene Weaver. And if you're listening, you know that this show is all about horror movies, exploitation, gems in the rough, movies that should be seen. And I'm here to bring those to you. And uh, I've been doing a lot of uh, top 100 stuff. I did a review on Star Wars. And this episode, uh, before I continue on with the top 100, I am going to uh, wrap up the uh, year-end best of for Cinema's Soft Underbelly. These are going to be my favorite movies of... Uh, 2015. So, um, <clears throat> without, and then uh, after this, I would imagine that I'm going to probably get back into the, uh, the top 100. I know I've said that before, but, uh, if you want to hear my full in-depth reviews for the top 100, make sure that you tune into, uh, movie freaks with Eric Marner and Jess Hicks and myself. And, uh, I, we went through that pretty much the entire year, uh, our top 100. I am still going to cover very briefly uh, on this show what my top 100 are in a very abbreviated version, and I've already got through not quite half of them. Uh, so I would guess there's probably two more episodes left of that. Um, but until then, and I was going to actually be doing that today, but I figured, you know what, it's year-end, and I might as well do uh, best of. Uh, and again, a lot of this stuff is bleed over from movie freaks, but, uh, I wanted to just spend a little bit more time on my top 10 horror movies only for 2015. And I know that there's a lot of lists going around right now on podcasts because that's what everybody does at the year end. It's best of worst of all that good stuff. Well, I'm going to be doing it too. Uh, so without further ado, here is Eugene's top 10 horror movies of 2015. And I'm not going to really get into the whole, you know, who directed it and who stars in it and all that stuff. I'm just going to say what I liked about the movie and a brief synopsis about what it is and go, go from there. I'm not going to pull up any technical info on the movie. You just have to find it for yourself and go watch it because these are tried and true for soft underbelly. And I do think that 2015 wasn't the greatest year for uh for horror movies although it was still a good year there's still some truly great movies but i do think uh, seeing what's ahead for 2016 i think that 2016 is going to be a much better year than 2015 was and for some reason uh this year especially over october i was expecting so much more and it just there was nothing it was i mean goosebumps i'm sorry but that doesn't count i didn't see it but uh, that's our horror movie, Crimson Peak. Uh, it bombed, and from I haven't seen it yet, but from what I heard, it's really not a full-on horror movie either. So there really was – it was just a dry uh, season for horror movies. Uh, and now there are some that didn't make this list that are still noteworthy, uh, and if I get a chance, I'll get into those, but uh, – Primarily, I am going to be focusing on uh, these top 10 here. So, without further ado, I'm going to get started. Coming in at number 10 for me was Gift. And this is a Blumhouse production. And uh, Joe Edgerton, I believe is his name, uh, directed and stars in the movie. 
And this is more of a thriller than an outright horror movie, but it gets props for its really twisted ending. And I don't want to give anything away, but Jason Bateman is great in this. And it proves that that guy can act outside of a comedic role. He really was good in this movie. Uh, And this is one where the less you know about what you're getting into, the better, because it genuinely is a good movie. It's scary. No, not really. But that, uh, that doesn't mean it's not a good movie. It's, it's a very good movie. In fact, that would, uh, I would guess that's the least horrific movie on my list, but it is good enough and twisty enough that it makes its way into the top 10. And that's actually one that I just watched. I just watched that, uh, a little over a week ago. So, uh, anyway, that was, uh, that's coming in at number 10. And now we go to number nine and, um, let's see, let's count here. One, two, three, four, five, six, Seven, eight, nine. Okay, so number nine is the movie Creep. And any more, uh, you know, found footage has pretty much played itself out. But uh, this one here, and this one here says 2014, but it was released on June of 2015. So this, to me, is a 2015 movie. Directed by Patrick Bryce, stars Patrick uh, Bryce and Mark Duplass. And... Um, I love when a movie can take its very obviously low budget and turn it into uh, something truly unique and unsettling. And Creep did it for me. I I know that uh, there's not a whole lot of found footage going to be on a whole lot of top 100 or top uh, 10 horror movies of of the year. But this one for me really got under my skin. And I got to say, I really, really liked... uh, how it, right from the get-go, you know something's not right. And this is basically about a guy that is interviewing another guy in a cabin in the woods. Uh, and this, the, the guy being interviewed, um, he's, he's doing this for, he's got cancer and he wants to uh, make a video for his unborn child that, that, you know, once he's gone. And things immediately are, are a bit uncomfortable and they get more, more and more uncomfortable as, as it goes along until finally it gets too creepy, uh, very creepy and then downright disturbing. So I thought it was a great movie. Um, again, probably won't be on a whole lot of other people's top, top tens, but that's okay. That's what uh, these are for. They're subjective. So good movie, very good movie, killer ending. That, that ending was uh, fantastic. And same with the gift. It's, some of these movies probably wouldn't have made it onto my top 10, especially, you know, this close to the, the bottom of the top 10, um, had it not been for really, really uh, out there uh, endings that really, really worked. And uh, this did. So anyway, that was number nine. Okay, moving on is uh, we're going with number eight, and that is Krampus. And uh, Krampus, uh, again, this is another one that could have actually – uh, been much higher on my list had it been for just a couple of little things. Uh, but Michael Doherty is uh, already uh, establishing himself as a really good uh, holiday horror director, uh, which I think is really cool because he made the fantastic Trick or Treat, which is actually better than this. But as far as a uh, Christmas-based horror movie, 
while this does not near reach the heights of my fa- my personal favorites like Silent Night, Deadly Night, and uh, Black Christmas original and remake, this is still a worthy addition that I am positive I will watch. And I, I will dare to bet I'll probably grow to like it more the more I watch it. Uh, for me, and I like the cast. I really liked the cast. Adam Scott was really funny in it. Um, actually, the entire cast really worked for me uh, because this, to me, felt like a... This is what holidays are. It's about getting together with family and awkwardly having conversation. And when is this done? Uh, oh, I got to be around this person's kids. Great. Um, that's what this movie is like, except with creatures. And uh, uh, Michael Doherty really gets that cold, winter, snowy Christmas atmosphere down better than. Most movies that I can remember, like, set over Christmas. This is very, very cool. Um, My biggest beef with the movie, to me personally, is uh, I do think that it should have been, uh, excuse me, a lot more uh, violent and gory. I think that it would have benefited from a little bit more of a hard edge. I know that he was going a lot more for the Gremlins type feel. And it it, it is, for for what it is. You know, it feels like that. But uh, I would have especially dealing with this big uh, Krampus creature that is out to murder everybody in the house, uh, it could have definitely been a lot more violent. Uh, and this, this to me, feels like a Stuart Gordon Dolls from the 80s. It feels like that, uh, crossed with gremlins. Um, and it's just interesting. I, I thought it was good. I thought it was very good. Uh, not... Not top of the year, but it's, um, you know, comes in at number eight, which is very respectable to me. So anyway, Krampus at number eight. Okay, number seven is Deathgasm. And uh, Deathgasm was one that I had been hearing about, and the trailer was uh, impossibly cool. I'm like, there's no way that this movie can live up to, uh, to that that awesomeness. Well, I am happy to report that it did. Uh, even though the budget is obviously pretty low, um, and there are, th- that's probably my biggest beef with the movie is that the budget is low, and while it is extremely gruesome, and it is, it's it's over the top, uh, borderline, uh, bad taste, and dead alive type gore, and it is from New Zealand, and it actually kind of it feels like it is aping the early Peter Jackson movies to me it, like that. Ah, this feels kind of like an early Peter Jackson. Um, here's my, uh, my problem though, is the climax could have been just a bit better. Uh, they got pretty out there with some of their effects considering the budget and it almost got a little bit out of their hands. It felt like that's not to say I didn't like it. Um, and also there's a lot of scenes that happen in the dark and when I say the dark, I mean, like, it's actually sometimes kind of hard to tell what's going on in the movie. Again, that's not a huge gripe. I mean, it's it, it's not a deal breaker for me, but uh, it was noticeable on occasion. I'm like, ah, it looks like you have some pretty cool effects here, but I can't see what they are. So, um, anyway, but basically... Think of Deathgasm as a heavy metal slash death metal e- Evil Dead 2 meets uh, a early Peter Jackson movie. And there you go. If you think that sounds good, you'll like this movie. Very well shot as well, uh, considering the low budget. I would imagine that the director, Jason Lee, 
Howden, I believe that is how you pronounce his name. I, I'm pretty sure that he'll be going places because uh, that was that was good. Okay, uh, so that was number seven. It was Deathgasm. Okay, uh, number six is We Are Still Here, and this one actually took me two two viewings to truly appreciate, and uh, I do really appreciate this movie. Uh, the first time. I'm not sure it, what it was. I think that there is some wooden stilted dialogue in this movie. And it took me out of out of the movie. However, upon the second viewing, I tried to look past that and I just focused on the atmosphere and the story and especially the ending. And I got to tell you, this is a good movie. Uh, it it harkens back. It, it has a bit of homage to Lucio Fulci's *The Beyond* and especially *House by the Cemetery* is what I got from it. Barbara Crampton is in it. I really like Barbara Crampton. In fact, my main beef with the movie is probably Lisa Marie. Uh, she's in this movie, and I just uh, I didn't think that she was that good of an actor in this movie. But um, Larry Fessenden's in it, and I like Larry Fessenden. I think that he was cool. And, uh, I, man, uh, the special effects, once again, the special effects, uh, in this were really good and really well done. And it just, uh, for a, a low budget movie, they do a really good job of creeping the audience out and, uh, and really delivering on the gore when it needs to be delivered. And that's, this movie does in spades. So I'm really looking forward to seeing what this director, uh, does in the future because, it's it. This is probably the the uh, on my list. Um, now there's actually another one that, on second viewing, improved uh, even more. But uh, this is one where the second viewing certainly helped helped the movie for me. Check that one out. Good stuff. So uh, number six is we are still here. Number five. Now here's where it's going to get a little bit more. Uh, Difficult for me because there's some really, really, really good stuff in here. But uh, I gotta say that uh, number six and this this one here might be one of the hardest ones. Number uh, number five versus number four is a Christmas horror story starring William Shatner as our uh, wraparound story guy. This is an anthology movie, by the way. Um. Directed by, well, there's numerous directors, uh, Stephen Hoban, Grant Harvey, um, uh, let's see, and Brett Sullivan. And uh, while not all stories work, uh, actually one in particular, it's still interesting, but it's not, it's not near as good as the other stories. The, the main story uh, is about the Krampus uh, character again, Krampus versus Santa Claus. And that is... The reason, along with William Shatner, who is quite funny in this, that is the reason to watch this movie. Uh, it, it was so good, and the ending is what made it so good. I loved how that short story ended. But there's also other ones in there. Actually, every single one of them is really good. I'm looking forward to watching this one again. Um, this one here, uh, it with like like the movie Krampus, it's one that I'll definitely be revisiting next uh next holiday season, because it's definitely a yearly watch, uh, full of good gore, cool stories. Again, it's most of the movies on my list are, 
other than like Krampus, honestly, pretty much all of these are low budget things, but that's anymore. That's where you find the best horror is the low budget stuff. And this is no exception. Solid movie. Even the short story, the only one that really doesn't quite work like the other ones, is still a good short story, and I enjoyed it. It was just um, not quite the payoff I was hoping for, and it just it's kind of there, but it still is fun. So, anyway, uh, Christmas Horror Story comes in at number five. Uh, it's, it's odd, because I'm like, boy, that one there could have almost been number six and we are still here. I mean, it's just, it's sometimes it gets difficult to, to rate these because some of them are so close to being as good as the other ones that I'm like, Oh, but that's right there. But I'm like, eh, you know, um, that's just the way lists go. You have to have, have some sort of order. So, um, okay. Next up is, uh, now this one here, uh, again, I'm going to, um, beating a dead horse with the, Oh, it should be higher to whatever, blah, blah, blah. Um, Final Girls comes in at number four. And uh, for the very same reason that Krampus was number eight. This is a PG-13 movie that desperately, desperately needs to be R-rated. However, having said that, this is a fantastic movie that should have had a theatrical release. Uh, The acting in it is great. The storyline in it is is so unique uh, and a um, a fantasy take on the '80s slasher movie. It's funny. It's uh, it has its scary parts. And here's what's so cool about it is uh, not only is it funny and kind of scary, uh, but it is so totally unique and so totally nails the '80s slasher. Uh, slasher tropes. This is what an 80s slasher movie looks like. Um, but just the whole time travel thing, and I don't want to give too much away, uh, but this should have had a theatrical release. This should have been released over Halloween. I mean, especially with the the rating, the PG-13 rating, you would have got all sorts of teens to go watch the movie. Uh, but it definitely needed a more harder edge to it. And, and that's just me. Um, uh, I'm a horror guy, and when I watch a horror movie, for the most part, I want it to be uh, violent and full of bloodshed. And this one here, it it was, a, I mean, it definitely earned its PG-13 rating, but it could have been so much more. Um, and the same applies to Krampus. Although this one here especially, uh, more than Krampus, feels like it should have been R, because it's dealing with a slasher movie instead of a, a mythological creature uh, that's more a, a lot more fantasy, but the less you know about Final Girls, uh, the better because it is so unique and so much fun and uh, just very very well made. And they even they even copped out on a couple of uh, of boob shots that with the uh, with the eighties slasher movie that was just a a common occurrence in slasher movies from the eighties. So um, almost it. it it was so good. Everything about that movie was perfect, and especially the ending. Uh, another, another movie that has the most brilliant ending. I loved it. It was so well done. Uh, but anyway, so uh, coming in at number four is Final Girls. And now number three is Tales from Halloween. Um, yet again, another anthology movie. Um, Tales of Halloween is 10 short stories that are woven together uh, by the whole shared theme of Halloween night 
in an American suburb where ghouls, imps, aliens, axe murderers appear for one night only to terrorize unsuspecting residents. All sorts of good directors in this, uh, making pretty much every single one I enjoyed, other than Lucky McGee. He directed one called Ding Dong that was just terrible, and that literally... Um, I almost don't even consider that a part of this otherwise great movie because every other short was so good. Uh, Neil Marshall has one uh, called Bad Seed. Uh, Mike Mendez has one called Friday the 31st. Dave Parker has a, has one called Sweet Tooth. Uh, Darren Lynn Bousman has The Night Billy Raised Hell. That was a really good one. Uh, Grim Grinning Ghost. They're all good except uh, Lucky McGee's, which d- makes pretty much zero sense and is artsy-fartsy stupidity. I did not like that one at all. Uh, and taking that one out, every single one of these works perfectly for what it's supposed to be. Uh, some of them are really scary. Some of them are really gory. Some of them are really funny. It's fast-paced. It's low-budget, but well-made. Uh, big thumbs up. That was a solid movie. Uh, good stuff. Uh, it's just unfortunate that Lucky McGee had a... Uh, I, I will say this about Lucky McGee. I I really enjoyed The Woman much more than I thought I would, especially after my uh, partner in crime, Eric Marner, uh, told me about how much he hated it and that how much I had to watch it just so that I could, he could hear my opinion, and I ended up really liking it, um, despite my uh, deep need for wanting to hate it. I wanted to hate that movie, but I actually uh, came away from that one enjoying it, so... Uh, anyway, check out Tales from Halloween, Tales of Halloween. I'm sorry. It is uh, really, really good, and it's cool to see what uh, newer horror directors are doing and uh, making. They're they're all really good, other than that one. Okay, and now the last two, and here's where it gets really, 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 really difficult for me because these are uh, neck and neck. But I gotta give one uh, the. Uh, just the slight upper hand over the other one. So my number two movie of the year is It Follows. And this one here is, other than Krampus, probably... Uh, the Gift had a theatrical release, and it did good. But uh, It Follows did have a theatrical release that did relatively good for considering its low budget. Um, I was truly surprised at uh, David Robert Mitchell's uh, movie here, Everything about this movie is unsettling and creepy and scary to me. It um, it right away is jarring in that you don't know when it's set. It looks like it's set in the very early 80s, but then one girl has a, a almost a futuristic-looking um, smart tablet. Um, so it's it's very disorienting, and most of the cars and houses look like they're from the early 80s, except in the beginning where the houses look brand new and the cars look brand new, and it's very disjointing, and I like that. Uh, the score is very John Carpenter-esque, and uh, it is just creepy, and there is a couple parts that just scared the shit out of me. Um, I'm happy to report. I just thought that was so uh, so ingenious. The whole uh, the the subject matter uh, in that it, a a spiritual entity is after you and is going to kill you uh, if you don't pass on uh, 
the disease of this supernatural entity by way of having sex with a stranger, or doesn't have to be a stranger. Uh, and it's a basically sexually transmitted supernatural disease. And it works so, so well. Um, the first time I watched it, I really, really liked it. And the second time I watched it, I liked it even more. I, I thought that it was uh, a nearly perfect horror movie. It does everything that I want a horror movie to do. It'd be unique, get under my skin, and have several truly terrifying, scary parts. And this one did, especially in the pitch black volume cranked up on a big screen. Man, this thing is creepy. Um, I liked the ambiguous, weird ending. Uh, I know some people thought that it could have gone on a little bit more uh, and explained a little bit more. But for me, I thought that, especially with what came before it and how it was pre- how it presented itself, I thought that that was a very good uh, way to to end the movie. Um, and I and it, she made me think, and I actually went and did research online, like, okay, well, what what exactly happened? And, and it made it just made me think, and I really really liked that. Very well made, very well acted, great horror movie. Check it out. And my number one horror movie of the year. And I got to tell you, this one here is, it barely, barely qualifies as a horror movie, but um, with the completely over the top last 30 minutes of the movie, I, uh, I had to give it top honors and it does qualify itself as a horror movie. And that is... Uh, Bone Tomahawk, starring the great Kurt Russell, as well as pretty much an all-star cast. Patrick Wilson, Matthew Fox, Richard Jenkins, Lily Simmons, David Arquette's in this, Sid Haig is in it. Um, It's a Western, first and foremost, but it's a very, very gritty Western, and it involves a a kidnapping of uh, one of the character's wives. And um, there is a... An, uh, an adventure of sorts to try and track down who or what took this woman and how they go about getting her back. It is extremely violent. It is extremely well written and acted. Kurt Russell, uh, honestly, Kurt Russell is in top form in Bone Tomahawk. I just recently watched Hateful Eight, and I loved him in Hateful Eight. Uh, he goes a little over the top in that one. He, this one here, he's a little bit more restrained, uh, but boy, that guy can play a great character in a Western. Man, he's good in Westerns. Uh, but this one here, it gets so hardcore towards the end that you just have to see it to believe it. It's so good. I so desperately wish this movie could have played in theaters and gotten a, a broader audience. You can rent it right now on Amazon Video for three ninety nine, or the Blu-ray is out now. I highly urge you to support this movie. It should have been seen in theaters or at least uh, smaller independent theaters. I wish that we would have actually got it at the Nightlight where I where I work. Uh, but it is so good. Uh, one of those movies, the less you know about it going in, the better. Just if you're a fan of Westerns and especially uh, some hardcore stuff, I'm not going to say anything more than that. You got to check out Bone Tomahawk. It was the best horror movie that I saw this year. And seriously, it was up there in contention with the best movie I saw all year. And that goes up against Hateful Eight, Star Wars Force Awakens, and a host of other movies that I saw and uh, quite enjoyed. Bone Tomahawk was a true gem in the rough. Some honorable mentions 
uh, real quick before I wrap up is uh, Nightmare, uh, which is more of a documentary on uh, uh, sleep issues that people have. And is it spiritual stuff or is it night terrors? What is it? Really good, really, really, really scary. Honeymoon was another one that I thought was uh, really good considering there was only a couple actors in the entire movie in the very isolated setting. I thought that was really good, especially the whole alien aspect of it. Um, Housebound was, I believe, a New Zealand movie. Quite funny and uh, had some really good uh, gory parts. And it was just a really well-made movie. Didn't quite make my top ten, though. Uh, Also, M. Night Shyamalan's The Visit was right there on that line of making it. That was such a cool movie. And it shows that M. Night still has it. And he can still make a good movie. And that's a found footage movie. And it was really, really good. Funny, scary, uh, well-made. Really liked that movie. It was That would probably have been actually at number 11. Um, and then uh, I'm probably in the minority here, but I really did enjoy Eli Roth's Green Inferno, Warts and all. And there were some problems with the movie, but I've, I appreciate the fact that, one, there was a cannibal movie that played on the big screen uh, that I was able to see. And uh, it was beautifully shot. Almost too beautifully shot because he was very much Going, uh, going for the Cannibal Holocaust, Cannibal Ferox uh, type movie. And this looked a little bit too clean. Uh, but there are some horrifically gruesome parts in it. But there also is some uh, kind of off-kilter comedic beats that don't quite work for me. Uh, and so therefore, it did not make the top ten. But I still enjoyed it. And I still support Eli Roth. Uh, I, I do like what the guy does. There has not been one movie that he has directed that I did not like. I do think he is a talented director. Uh, I would actually like to see him do something outside of horror and see what what he can do outside of horror. But anyway, those are just some honorable mentions. That's going to do it for me today. But uh, that's my top ten. If you haven't seen any of those, make sure that you try and watch them all because I think they're all really good, including my honorable mentions. I think every one of those is solid 2015 horror. And uh, we need to support horror because that means that more good horror movies are made. Um, You can get a hold of me at eugene-weaver at hotmail.com for any questions, comments, movies I should watch, movies I should completely avoid. Can't wait for 2016 to see what that brings, not only with uh, Movie Freaks and our new co-host, Jess Hicks, uh, but just uh, all sorts of fun over there that we're going to be having. And I'm going to keep on doing my thing over here at Cinema Soft Underbelly. Make sure that you listen to our friends over at Cinema Sidekicks. Uh, for all your newest release stuff, as well as some classic movies as well. You can find us all on iTunes. Um, And that's going to do it for my show today. Have a very safe and happy new year, and uh, I'll see you all in 2016. Thanks for listening.